Buenos dias. Buenos dias. Pastor Edwin has been teaching you very well his Spanish. Very good. <laughs> this is a reading from the prophet Isaiah chapter 43. But now, thus says the Lord, He who created you, O Jacob, He who formed you, O Israel, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name, you are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you, and through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, and the flame shall not consume you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. This is the word of the Lord. Intro music. Muy buenos dias a todas y todos. Good morning to everyone. Uh, I'm going to take this moment of personal privilege uh, in my 45-minute sermon to... Uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding, guys. Those that don't know me, chill. won't be that long. But I would like to take this moment to uh, say how great it is uh, for me to be back at the Kirk and see so many uh, familiar faces of people I love dearly. Um, I'm here today uh, with my two unpaid assistants, which mean my two children, uh, Matias and Sionelli. Uh, Kesselin could not make it. Unfortunately, she had a work commitment. Don't feel too bad for her. She's in the Galapagos Islands uh, leading a study trip with some students. Yeah, I know, yeah. Uh, but it is great uh, to be back here at the Kirk and worshiping God with you all. And as good as it is to be back here, what brings me the greatest joy, of course, is, that, is the fact that I'm here to share this special moment uh, with Tyler, the special moment of his faith and call journey. Can you believe it? Little Tyler is getting ordained at the Kirk today. <laughs> I met Tyler shortly after arriving here at the Kirk around this time, actually, five years ago. At the time, he was discerning what seminary to attend. Sources told me that there were two in the running, one being Princeton Seminary, the other one being some other seminary. Um, and we actually had a great conversation over coffee in which I shared a bit of my experience uh, in seminary and what that process meant to me in my own sense of call and discerning what God's call was for my life. I don't remember exactly what I said during the conversation. All I know is that a few weeks later, I found out that he had decided to go to Princeton Seminary, which is in the great state of New Jersey. Amen, Pastor Edwin? Amen. Amen. Now, I know this may be really, really difficult for some of you guys to believe, but I promise you that I tried to stay as objective as possible 
in this conversation. I gave him all the pros and the cons, the good, bad, and the ugly about Princeton and the other place. And besides, I mean, you know, it had been a few years already since I graduated. And at the end of the day, this was a decision that Tyler had to make. This was a way of the working of the Spirit working in his life, and ultimately it was him that had to step towards it. Now, I've never told him this, but I do remember thinking after I found out uh, that he had made a decision of where to go, I said to myself, I really hope it's the right, he made the right decision. Now, it's a question that, if we're honest, many of us pastors may have had in the back of our minds, and we have constantly, as we discern what God's call may be in our lives. I mean, come on, if you look at the church we're called to serve and the traditional success markers and indicators, especially the the golden attendance ones, right? Our denomination may not seem like it's doing that great. And of course, you always hear the chatter across denominations of, of, of the church being dead. And, and you even hear, this is the, the phenomenal piece about being a local church pastor, is that you always, parishioners always have a way of talking about the good old days. Amen? Yeah, I know that doesn't happen here at the Kirk, but I've heard it happens in other churches about the good old days when the church was jam-packed, that we needed 17 services in the morning to fit all of these people. The good old days. And of course, that is long gone, of course. There's so many things that, are about, that can be said about the state of the church in this nation, and we can stay here all day listing them. But what is fairly clear is that the church is, at the very least, in a state of flux or transition. Now, whether they knew it or not, in today's text, of the Old Testament, the people of Israel were also in the midst of or about to experience a significant transition in their life as a people. They had spent many years already living in exile in Babylon. Their homeland had been sacked and the people had been forced to try to create new meaning or new identity in the land that, in a land that wasn't theirs. Some believe, actually, that this section of, of Isaiah uh, came after a long period where there was no prophetic word from God. Many perhaps felt that God had abandoned them in this foreign land. But after many years of a prophet not delivering a word from God, a word from God came declaring that new things were on the horizon. A new day was about to begin. Now, of course, it may be a bit tempting to uh, jump real quick to, well, Babylon was a real bad situation. The God, word of God came, and now everything is going to be great. The, but the prophet Isaiah wasn't exactly delivering a word to the people to live their best life now. It wasn't quite the word that Isaiah was delivering. 
uh, the prophecy may have had words of assurance, but they were assurances that were to happen in the midst of affliction and difficulties. The people may have been suffering, but not all that was to come was peachy king, to use proper English. Tribulations were very much a part of tomorrow. It was not a matter of if, it was a matter of when they were to happen. And, well, come to think of it, it's a lot like pastoral ministry. See, today is a day of amazing celebration and praises to God for what God is doing in and through the life of Tyler as he gets ordained. And it's also a celebration for the Kirk that was Tyler's spiritual home throughout his entire life, as it was mentioned earlier, from being baptized on Mother's Day when he was a child, to starting Sunday school with Susan File, to being confirmed by Bill Robinson, I mean by the Holy Spirit, but you all old Kirk timers know what I mean by that, to now being ordained as a minister of word and sacrament on Father's Day, and that is indeed a matter of celebration. But of course, as much of the celebration as this is, and rightfully so, there will be days, Tyler, when you look at yourself in the mirror and you wonder, did I do the right thing? You'll come out of a session meeting where you heard Brother Juan rant about something that has been already voted on several months ago, and you wonder, what in the world did you put me into, God? Or there could be a day when the doom and gloom, this chatter about the church being dead and all of that, really starts to work on you and makes you wonder, how can I possibly make a difference? You see, it's not so much about whether these questions and this pondering have any validity to them. They certainly do, to a certain extent. It's also not as much about whether the doom and gloom forecast about the church has any truth to it, because some of it may be true. But the danger isn't so much about whether it's true or not, or how much of it is true or not. The danger lies in believing and accepting that that's the last word. That's the beauty of today's text. It acknowledges that trials will come, but it makes it very clear that those trials will not have the last say. God reminds people that the one calling is the one who created them. The one calling is the one that formed the people and given them an identity. And that, and one that is unequivocally committing to walking alongside of the people. Some of the people of Israel may have forgotten who God was. But using the prophet's voice, God was reminding them that God would be with the people and would do so because God had actually already done it in the past. 
God protected the people from the waters, allowing them to cross the Red Sea on dry land, and then doing it again, crossing the River Jordan. Forty years later, um, God was also reminding them of how he protected three men from the flaming furnace in the book of Daniel. God wasn't one to just simply say God was going to do something. God was reminding the people that he had already done so in the past. The God that acted in the past, the one that acted in ways that shaped and formed the identity of the people along the journey, was the same one that was saying, I was with you when. I will be with you when. God did it once and was reminding the people that God would do it again, recommitting to walking alongside the people. Now all the people had to do is trust and walk through. Go through the trials and tribulations. Go through the waters. Go through the fire. Go through it all. Not depending on themselves, but knowing that the Lord their God, their Creator, was with them. Of course, we're emphasizing uh, Tyler's ordination and Tyler's own journey, what God is doing and will continue to do in Tyler's life. But really, this applies to all of us in our own faith journeys. Many of us can be hesitant to go through difficult moments or even call those difficult moments bad and probably saying it's impossible to go through them or maybe we shouldn't go through them. But the reality is that we can and should go through them, not for the sake of being masochist, but because we know who is the one that has called us and who is the one that walks along our side and has promised to continue walking along our side. Tyler, I, I would love to tell you that, you know, it's going to be all right. There's going to be a parade waiting for you every church you go to and all of that. And there, will, may, be, there may be, but I have to break it to you, Pastor Adam. I don't know if you told him this, but not every church is quite like the Kirk or Second Pres in Indy. Shout out to my people in Indianapolis. <laughs> not quite like that. There are churches of different sizes, of different people, of different backgrounds, of different anxieties, of different worries, of different concerns, and of different questions. Yet we and you are called to be with the people along that journey with them, knowing that God, the one that has called you, the creator and giver of your life and of our life, is the one that has been, is, and will continue to be with you. And that is our faith. That is the core of who we put our trust in. That is why we are able to do difficult things, not because of our own uh, uh, skill set, not because of our own background, not because of what I may have done in the past, but because the God, our creator, is the one that is with us. So church, Tyler, all of us, let us Dare to walk through. Let us be filled with God's courage to walk and walk through difficulties, not because 
we are capable ourselves, but because we know who is with us. The Lord, the creator, the giver of life, the one who has called us, the one who has formed us, and the one that promises us time and time again that will be with us every step of the way. Amen and amen.